and welcome to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm Phil Gonzalez. And I'm Rachel Schley. And today we are discussing... The Berenstain Bears Go to School. And for our listeners at home, who are you? I am a second grade teacher at a public K-8 charter school in Minneapolis, or I'm sorry, Columbia Heights, Minnesota. And what age range of kids have you traditionally worked with? Um, well, when I was a para, I started out with preschool. So little kids, like three, four, five-year-olds. Um, and then from there, I moved to a K-5 setting, still as a para. So I was working um, still kind of with K-2 students. And then towards the end of my career as a para, I was working more with three, or I'm sorry, third, fourth, fifth grade. And then I got my license. I taught sixth grade for about three months. I got hired at the end of the year. And now this year, I'm teaching second grade. And what is it about this age of kids that sort of draws you to them? They're just so funny, and they're so honest. Like, they have no problem telling you that shirt is ugly, or they have no problem just saying, I don't like that, Michele, that's dumb. I don't want to do that right now. And it's just, they're just so honest, and I just, I love that honesty, because I feel like as adults, we aren't, you know, we kind of hide or mask what we really are thinking by saying it more, you know, politically correct or being more polite about it. And kids will just come up and tell you what they're thinking. Yeah. It's just, it's the coolest thing to see them finally get something that, that you know they've been struggling with for so long, and then to kind of see that moment of, I get it now, it's just, it's cool. It's the coolest part of my day. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So, were you familiar with the Berenstain Bears as a thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I read the books as a kid, and then actually one of the little kiddos I worked with uh, as a para loved the Berenstain Bears. He would read them all the time. So I, I knew about them. I don't know if I knew they were quite the phenomena that I <laughs> have well, come to realize they are now. I don't but know if maybe, maybe I've made them more of a phenomena, like in my head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a big franchise. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Like oh, it's, yeah. it has tendrils everywhere. It has theme parks and... I didn't know they had theme parks. Yeah, it used to be you would go to like a Six Flags and there would be like mm -hmm. bear country. Well, yeah, they had the one at, I, they might still have the one at Valley Fair. I remember going in like sixth grade yeah. and walking by it and I was like, nah, I'm too cool for bear country. <laughs> but like, I kind of wanted to go. Like, but see, now, now that you're, you now you realize you're never too cool for bear I know, country. I know, I'm never too cool for bear country. What's, what, what, what I can't wait to get into later on is when they start introducing the concept of coolness to mm -hmm. bear country oh, yeah. and it is forever mired at like 1984. Uh -huh. Like headbands, sweats, <laughs> that's cool in bear country and it stays cool in bear mm -hmm. country for forever. That's how you know the cool kid. Um, so what happens in the bear and bears go to school for our for uh, for our everyone at home we just got through as far as the the, the development of the family sister bear was just born uh, mm -hmm. when last we left off there's been a few like little mini adventures in between but sister bear is taking this major age jump yeah uh, I would say about five years yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so where are we when we start well let's see to use a teacher term I'm gonna do a little bit of a picture walk okay as I go through this to kind of remind myself what's happening so at the very beginning of the story it's summertime it's the end of summer and it kind of talks about all the things they did like swimming and going on picnics and walking along sunny paths and but then they start talking about, but now the summer is starting to, you know, it's about over and there's a nip in the air and the birds are beginning to fly south and leaves are changing color. You know, all those typical indications that it's the seasons are changing and it's time to go back to school. Yeah, and this is set uh, when the book came out in the 1970s. You typically didn't start school until the fall. Mm -hmm, like it was right. still a September thing. Like it's been pushed back 
quite a bit over the years. Right. But, uh, Meanwhile, my students are coming in like six days. Right. <laughs> so. And it is it is very much still August yep, right now. It's August 14th. Yeah. <laughs> so so, uh, so fall as an indicator of school isn't, a, mm-hmm. isn't really a thing anymore. No, not really. And it's funny, too, because you, I still feel like you see that. Like all like a lot of elementary teachers still have the apples and the fall leaves and and you know and the fake trees in their classrooms and but it's August. Um, so what what are the what what are the bears' attitudes right now? Well, let's see. Brother Bear, it's funny because he's like I'm tired of summer vacation, and as I read that, I was thinking said no <laughs> ever, um, never have I ever heard a kid. I've taught camps in between you know during the summers and I've never heard a kid say that but at the beginning he's very much like I'm ready for school well yeah because again 1970s he's he's probably had a good three and a half solid months of summer right and he's like he's ready to go back to school and you know Papa and Mama Bear are like well that's good news because school's coming very soon and as a matter of fact you know sister it's your turn to be going to kindergarten and sister is kind of looking like, mm, I don't know about this, which is, I think, pretty typical for a five-year-old who maybe hasn't, at this time, probably hadn't gone to preschool or gone to any kind of, you know, school setting. So I right. can completely imagine why she would be looking like, mm. Now, you, in your experience, do most kids these days have school experience before kindergarten? It depends on where you are. So mm-hmm. when I was a para the last, like, four, three years that I was in that position, um, the school that I worked at was in a very affluent neighborhood, and a lot of them had gone to preschool. Yeah. And so they um, they were used to the structure, they were used to the routine, they kind of knew what to expect, and they already knew their numbers, their letters, how to write their name, how to read really simple books. But in other parts, it's not so common. You know, a lot of families who come from high poverty, low income, um, they don't know about preschool, or they don't know how to find out like about preschool, how to get their kids in, which is yeah. why this push by some of the politicians to, to fund programs like High Five and Head Start, because they will outreach and go into these communities and say, hey, you know, you can send your kid to this Head Start program, and we'll help them get ready for kindergarten. And is there a noticeable benefit to that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And it, I, it, it, I go back and forth, because I think getting kids in school early is a good thing but the way you do it is is um is also important and i think a lot of the mindset in some of these preschool programs is drill 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 instead of being it's it's in my opinion it should be fun mm-hmm. you know and it should be more of a social and get, learning how learning those key social skills that you're going to need later and i mean you can you can still learn letters and numbers but you don't have to just like drill it into their brains right. i mean give them a chance to play give them a chance to still be kids because as, as they get older and go through school that chance that time to do that is going to be less and i was just listening to a story on npr about how critical that play is when they're young mm-hmm. because it's it's such a big part of their development and a lot of kids aren't getting that anymore because of this this really high pressure to to get them ready for a test you know when they're three years old and they're not going to be taking this test until they're nine right but like the pressure is so high in so many places um i think minnesota is a bit of an exception um but there's so much pressure for those tests that it sometimes gets it bleeds all the way down to like a preschool setting but it does it definitely does make a big difference well speaking of pressure there's a little cub here who is mm-hmm. under a lot of pressure, definitely... uh, uh, looking forward to her first day of school. Yes. So what what happens? Like, what kind of anxieties is she facing? Well, she's kind of like, I don't 
really know how I feel about school. I like being at home with mom and dad, and I like playing with my toys, and I like my friends, and she's never been to school before, and she's like, Mom, what's school going to be like? And, you know, Mama just kind of writes it off, like, well, you'll find out tomorrow. And so they end up going to um, the school. They go down to the Bear Country School with Mama and sister go, and... Um, Handy Bear Gus is fixing the roof. Which I <laughs> Good old Handy Bear Gus. Awesome. He's, he's one of the first like expanded universe characters we're introduced to in this series. <laughs> it's like he sort of has this prominent. Oh, there's Handy Bear Gus. I don't think he ever ever really shows up again. I think. Yeah. Well, and it's I just my dad is a custodian um, and a boiler engineer in uh-huh. the schools, and so this just kind of makes me giggle. I'm like, oh, it's just like my dad, up fixing the roof. So anyway, they're going to meet the teacher, and whose name is Miss Honey Bear. Which I think is so great. Um, and so they go into the school and they meet the teacher. And it's it's funny because it's just her. It's just Sister Bear and Mama Bear and the teacher. And that never happened. You know, not in this day. Like, that would not, not happen. You know, How do you it, mean? Well, it would be, like op- be like an open house oh, I see. setting. Um, but it's, it's definitely not like this at all. Yeah, it's like Miss Honeybear just sitting around yeah, waiting for parents to show up. Out. Well, how old do you think Miss Honeypot is, Miss Honeybear? Miss Honeybear? Gosh, you know, I don't... It's hard to say, because she's a bear. Because she's a bear, and they really, all kind of look the same. Yeah, they all kind of look the same, but I don't know. I would hazard maybe mid to late 30s. Yeah, I'd say that she has the Stan and Jan Berenstain mm-hmm. clothing and uh, accoutrement <laughs> indicators of a 30-some-year-old yeah. human human yeah. being. The glasses, the headband, mm-hmm. the, the pattern on the dress, or the shirt, the blouse indicates to me uh, yeah mid to late 30s mm-hmm. she's done this for a while right that's yeah i was just gonna say the decor in her room and her stance just kind of tell me <laughs> that yeah you've done this for a while yeah um and she's just she's like oh hello it's so nice to see you come right in and have a look around and it's f- I-, I laughed at this because in the book it says hello there said miss Honeybear in a loud jolly voice come right in and look around and and it immediately goes to sister thought miss Honeybear's voice was a little scary and I just, for me, it was like, oh, I've never thought, I've never thought of it like that. You know, being that jolly Mm-mm. might come off to some kids as a little bit, you know, too much right away. Do you approach a child for the first time that jolly? No, I don't. I um, I try really hard to just talk to them yeah. like I would an adult. Do you usually get down to their level or? It kind of depends on the age. I do when I'm in the classroom working with them. Like I'll, I'll get down on their level and, you know, talk to them and work with them at their tables. But, like, meeting them for the first time, I just kind of smile and wave and, yeah. you know, say hi. If they want to give me a high five, great. If they don't, it's fine. Because Miss Honeybear um, certainly isn't getting down to Sister's No, level. she's not. Um, and then they, they're there for lunch, and um, Sister gets a chance to ask some questions, like, what do you do in kindergarten? And and she'd never seen such a big jar of paint, and there's a giant barrel of clay. <laughs> yeah, let's, talk, let's talk the clay barrel, because... <laughs> Oh boy, as a kid, the clay barrel was fascinating. It's a barrel that's about the size of a child. It reminds me of the like wine barrels we used to sell yep. when I worked at Bachman's as planters. It is a, yeah, it is a barrel, like a legit mm-hmm. barrel, and it is filled, presumably top to bottom, with <laughs> clay. hard clay. Uh-huh. Like I don't know, from a student, from a from a classroom budgeting standpoint, like would it would it benefit? A teacher to have an entire barrel of clay? Not, not like that. N- especially not in a kindergarten classroom. I've learned very quickly to keep those kinds of things put away unless I'm using them. Well, you would think the clay would dry out. Right, right. Or be and so heavy. That thing's got to weigh 
thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah clay yeah. is incredibly heavy. Mm-hmm. This is a good barrel of clay. Right. Well, I'm like, maybe there's a cover that she took off. How do you get it easy. out? Do you right. dip it out? Scoop it out? Scoop maybe? with your hands? Like, you can't reach down very far into the barrel. No, I, I don't know. That's a mystery to Yeah. Me. The I clay mean, barrel, never, it's not I, colorful clay either. This is... I've seen a lot of antiquated school mm-hmm. materials, but I've never seen a barrel. A barrel of, of clay. clay. <laughs> um, and so sister's there and she's getting a chance to look around and she's building some blocks and she's looking in this barrel of clay and she's kind of like all right school's okay this might not be so bad and so the next day comes and brother pulls her out the door and it's like come on we're gonna be late stop worrying i thought the next little bit was interesting because they're on the bus and it's talking about how all the kids the older kids at least are super loud and they're talking and they're laughing and they're having all this fun and then there's some kinder, presumably kindergarten students mm-hmm. on the bus, the, the littler bears, and they're all very quiet, um, and they're not they're not saying very much. And and sister is sitting next to one of um, her, you know, assumed classmates, and she notices he looks a little upset, so she grabs his hand. Yeah, which I thought was really sweet. This is something that, uh, from a storytelling uh, standpoint, we're going to notice about Sister Bear a lot, especially in the early books, is that she is usually the high-strung one who is nervous about situations, but she will always put her nerves aside Mm -hmm. to comfort someone who looks a little more frightened than she is. Yeah, I kind of had this, I thought of like, we're in this together. Like, we'll we'll be okay. We're together now. She is a loyal, a loyal friend. Yeah, I thought that was really sweet. I was like, I wish every classroom had a sister bear. (laughs) Because that's a really sweet thing to do. And so they get to school. And the Bear Country School looks great. You know, Handy Bear Gus had done his job and fixed the roof and painted the school and cut the grass. Everything is looking tip-top, like perfect shape for school. And then Miss Honey Bear's classroom is just beautiful. The blocks are set out. There's paints set out. There's just everything. There's clay on the table. Yeah, she set Um, stuff up. It looks like she sort of set stuff up in stations. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to, you know, the teacher brain. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about. I would not do that. Yeah. Like that's just, especially, especially five-year-olds. Like, it's just, in she, my head, I'm like, no. She set everything up. Not without heavy explanation. Um, right, right, right. I had a, a professor at Augsburg where I got my license, and he taught kindergarten for a really long time, and he, he was fabulous. And he um, said something to us once that I wrote it down, and I always, I think about it, and it, he said, assume nothing, teach everything. Which is so appropriate, especially for younger students. Like, especially me now going into this new year with second graders, I'm I'm not going to assume that they know how to use glue sticks. I'm going to teach them how to use a glue stick. Because it sounds really silly, but it actually... I did not do that last year. I mean, I did to an extent, but there were things that I forgot. And it's like, yeah, I, do, I really do need to teach them how to use scissors or how to use glue sticks and how those are materials and tools and they're not to be played with and they're not to be cut up. and Because um, that's what happens when you don't teach them yeah. your expectations. Like you really have to be, especially with younger students, older students, you might be able to get away with it a little bit, but especially those younger students, kindergartners for the first time in a classroom, you need to teach them how to use everything. Yeah, Miss Honeybear does not seem to be no, taking that approach. No, she seems very laid back, and that kind of terrifies me. Because we bit. have clay at each table. She's gone uh-huh. into the clay pot. Mm-hmm. She has paints set up <laughs> at easels. She has stacks of blocks. Um, it looks like those are the three main focuses. Mm-hmm. But they're just sort of set up. 
Yep, they're just out there. And these jars of paint look pretty big. They're big. They're big, open-mouthed they, jars yep, of paint. They look like mason jars. Yeah. And they're full up to the top, which is a kindergarten no-no. You, you <laughs> put the minimal amount in there. And if you need to, you refill. <laughs> but, yeah, I just I looked at this picture and went, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that looks like a disaster. I could see paint on the blocks. I could see clay on the paint. And I could just see paint on yeah, the Yeah, because the, the paints aren't in a separate area of the room either. No, they're, they're on the right, carpet. Yep, they're right on the carpet. And they're right next to the blocks. And I just, I'm like, maybe 1978 was a different time. Yeah. But like, yeah. This so, so what happens? Does she set it up? Does she... Well, it doesn't really say. <laughs> it just says before very long, the kindergartners got noisy. It, Two of them wanted to play with the same dump truck, and then... It rapidly descends into chaos. Yes, it just... But, like, Miss Honeybear is completely not bothered yeah. at all. She's just sitting in the corner with a book, and like, hmm. Like, in my mind, she says, have at it. Yep. She leaves, she smokes a cigarette <laughs> in front of the school, she comes back in in like 15 minutes, because they're tearing this class apart. They are, and it's funny, because I'm like, yeah, that's pretty standard. That, that would be what I would expect to happen. But then all of a sudden, Miss Honeybear just, with her loud, jolly voice, calls out, story time, and then magically everybody gets quiet. I've never seen that work. <laughs> they all want a story. I have tried that. It does not work. Maybe one or two might those you know audio learners might yeah. pipe in but like the more visual kid won't pay attention to you at all but then the story seems to focus the kids yeah like as soon as it's done sister bear paints an amazing picture for a five-year-old i guess right. I'll... <laughs> i know i know i look at that too i was like wow that's pretty impressive um and then they build this great block city uh-huh and then you know she's looking at all these books that look like chapter books um to me and, you know, makes this masterpiece clay donut and eats all her bread and honey and then takes a nap, which is something that does not happen in kindergarten anymore. There no. is no nap time, which is unfortunate. I think I think we should all have nap time. The kids need that downtime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely do. Um, it's kind of just like they need a chance to just reset. Yeah. You know, I think if they had that chance, there would be a lot less issues. Now, does she go home right after nap? I guess so. It just says she fell asleep at nap time, and then the very next, uh, maybe something else happened. Um, because yeah. then it says when she climbed off the bus at the end of the day. So that maybe implies that something else happened. Maybe that wasn't worthy of writing down. Um, but she, you know, she brings the picture that she drew of her house and look what I did in school today, and she's all happy and very excited. And um, it's funny because at the beginning of the story, if you remember, brother was was very excited for school and so they fast forward to the next or a few days later um and the weather had turned warm again as it sometimes does in late autumn or in autumn early fall uh she brother was a little restless at breakfast and he's remarking how i wish i didn't have to go to school it's so nice out and sister is now the one saying oh come on brother school's fun let's get going or we'll miss the bus and it's kind of a funny little role reversal that I think is pretty standard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she goes back to school. And she does. Get on the bus and... And she goes back. School's fun. It is fun, fun, fun. Super fun. <laughs> and that's the end, right? That's the end. That's the end of the story. Yep. 
Yep, off they went on the big yellow bus to the Bear Country School. Yes. Now this, as I've said, is my favorite era of Berenstain Bears. Uh, I just love the way they're drawn. This is an incredibly lively book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's beautifully illustrated, beautifully colored. Just there's there's some shots of the autumn leaves in the trees that I just I love it. I love the way everything yeah. looks in this book. I love the way the clay looks. Uh, I love the little details, like that one in the school when she first goes to meet her teacher, and like you can see the the paper leaves that she that the teacher had been cutting out. So you know all about cutting things out. Oh, yes, I do. I've been cutting a lot of things out lately. Yeah, the listeners don't know, but when I was setting up for the uh, for the interview, uh, Rachel has been cutting out uh, flags mm -hmm. of, of different countries. Mm -hmm. uh, when, you're a, when you're a teacher, there is a lot of prep work. There is no end. Um, I have a list that keeps growing. <laughs> it's not shrinking, it's growing. Um, but actually, I, I'm weird. I really enjoy this part. Yeah. I like the setup, and I like the... The planning, you know, what my room is going to look like and what what I'm going to put on the walls. And yeah. it's all, I don't know how other teachers do it. I'm sure they do it the same way, but I'm very, I'm, I mean, I'm intentional with what I put up. I don't want it to be just there. I mm -hmm. want it to actually kind of serve a purpose. Well, Miss Honey Bear seems to take the minimal approach to her class decorations. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she does. She doesn't even have a uh, banner alphabet. No, she doesn't. They, I mean, maybe it's on the other side of the room. It's true. You, you uh, do only see this room from a couple angles. There does seem to be a shelf of strange dolls. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what those are. I'm a little bit perturbed by those dolls. I'm not. I'm like, maybe they're um, <laughs> social skills. Right, tools, right. Like for teaching like social situations. But she's got um, a couple of cabinets. She's got a picture of a dog and a picture of a cat labeled dog and cat. Mm -hmm. But not a whole lot else. The walls yeah. are fairly blank. By the by, the time this class starts, you see her little autumn. Yeah, you do. Image. Her she's she's put up on the wall. Her seat, her little landscape. I'm going to assume that like as as the year progresses, pumpkins will be added oh, to yeah. it. Or maybe some snow. Yep. Oh, this is the 1970s. It'll definitely be Christmas trees added oh, to it. Oh, sure. And, yeah. But from a uh, from a continuity perspective, we we see there's a lot of children in Bear Country. At this point, you do get the idea that Bear Country School is. The kindergarten seems to be in its own school. Like this is a, I'm going to assume that the actual, I don't know because you see Brother Bear going to the schoolhouse with her on the cover. Mm -hmm. Presumably he's in another building somewhere. Right, or maybe, yeah, it's one of those, maybe there's a hallway and there's a couple of classrooms. Yeah, I don't know, like when you see the inside, that like you see windows on all sides. I think it's feasible. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, because I don't think Brother Bear is that much older than Sister Bear, so he could maybe be in, like, second grade. Yeah. Maybe third grade. And so maybe each one of those windows is a classroom. Except now that I'm looking, like, you see her classroom, Miss Honeybear's classroom, and there are clearly two windows. Yeah. Um, and I think in the next picture, there's even, like, a third one. Yeah. Um, yeah, or there's four. She has four windows in her classroom. <laughs> right, so. I don't know how that works. Well, whoever they are, you don't see Sister going through a lot of separation anxiety. Mm -mm. Uh, there's not a whole lot of, there's no there's no tears, there's no pining no. for parents or brother. Uh, and the parents, as you said, Mama Bear doesn't do, a, Papa Bear does nothing. No, uh, Mama doesn't. Bear doesn't do a whole lot of hand-holding or, or prep. No, which maybe is why Sister was okay with it. I think sometimes, because I've seen my share of kindergarten tears, and some of them are easily stopped with something interesting or just keeping them going. But some kids, it really is kind of a traumatic experience to go to school for the first time. 
and be, or maybe they were in preschool, but it was a half day, so they were only gone for a few hours. And now kindergarten, bam, six hours. Yeah. You know, there's no such thing as half day kindergarten anymore. It's all full day, six hours. And for a kid that young, that's a long time to be expected to follow rules and sit quietly and, you know, do all of these things that come with school. And um, I think some kids, it's it's a really hard thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't really see that in this story. That's very much a play-oriented kindergarten class. Mm-hmm. It seems the it kids is. are. Yeah, maybe it's a Montessori. Allowed to explore. <laughs> yeah, they're probably they're they're doing their own dishes and putting that clay away themselves <laughs> yeah. at the end of that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's something we noticed that uh, Alana and I noticed in the in the new baby episode, and that will be pointed out in the future in the doctor episode. But it seems to be this approach to parenting that is very. Uh, very matter of fact mm-hmm. and very this is what's happening mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen i'll give you the basic tools to get ready for it but i'm not going to hold your hand through this yeah well and i think about it like that's kind of how my parents were yeah with me like they just i mean it's not like they were cold or something right. if i was upset but it was just kind of like yeah that happens yeah I think of it, it, I understand that it goes into the, into the 80s. I mean, I was a kid of the late 70s, early to mid 80s, and, but it does seem to be very much of its era. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like start throwing around phrases like helicopter parenting, things like that. I don't want to turn it into a negative. We do approach parenting in a different way now. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's very much like there is a, there is a a book and a process for everything. Like how to get your kids ready for school. Like you got to start a couple of years before kindergarten and Mm -hmm. you got to go through, like learn systems and learn words and, and a certain vocabulary for every, everything they're going to be encountering. Whereas it used to be, you would treat these life moments, these, these, these sort of, uh, these milestones as as just part of daily life. Right. Like your first right. time to the doctor was a big deal, but it wasn't, you didn't watch an episode of whatever TV show to prepare you for it. Well, and I think, yeah, like what you're saying, like with all the books and all the different, like there's Montessori, there's the Waldorf school, there's the, like the, the new city school, there's all of these different programs and different ways of teaching kids and there's public school and there's private school and, you know, all of, and IB and, you know, all of these things. And I think, for some parents, it can be overwhelming. Like, which direction do I go? And so then, you know, they start reading all these books and then they start, you know, doing their own research. And then they, you know, come up with these ideas that, oh, my kid has to go to this kind of school and my kid has to do this. And it's like, well, have you thought about like asking your kid <laughs> what they want? And I think that there's a lot to be said in, 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 in taking an approach like mama and papa bear and just letting her go. And see and seeing how it goes, yeah. you know, because I I would assume I mean Mama and Papa Bear don't strike me as like the, you know, the standoffish parents who wouldn't step in, um, if something were to go wrong, you know, if she would have come home from her first aid miserable, they would have talked to her about mm-hmm. it and helped her figure out a way to solve her problem. But um, because she didn't, you know, they were like, great, awesome, this is good, she's fine, you know. So that being said, would you recommend the Berenstain Bears go to school? to a parent or to a child? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I mean, with the caveat that, like, this isn't exactly what kindergarten is like. Um, I think it would be probably more beneficial to, like, write more. Um, when I worked as a para, we wrote what we called social stories mm-hmm. for our kids, and it was a way for them to understand a new situation, but it was directly referenced by their own experiences. 
and like their own emotions and like if we had time we would even put their own pictures like in the story as we read it and you know they were always really short and used really simple language and like you know it might for sister bear it might have been like you know sister bear goes to kindergarten you know this is sister bear she is five years old she has um you know she loves to play with da 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 she's about to start school she's not sure how she feels about it you know and and just kind of helping them walk through that emotional process mm -hmm. because for kids that young it's um it can be overwhelming and they're still trying to figure out what they're thinking and so to walk them through it that way I think is really beneficial because then it kind of gives them a name for what they're feeling and it, it validates it because mm -hmm. it's like yeah you totally are it's okay to feel nervous it's okay to feel scared it's a new thing it's school is it could be scary for you and then but then you know after you do that say you know when I if I feel scared at school I can do these things right or like um, you know if you get a chance maybe you can go visit the school before open house or um, you know if you can't definitely go during open house and walk around and and, and just let them explore kind of on their own. Um, but I, you know, this is a great book, but I, because it's, you know, from the seventies, I, I don't know how relevant it is now. I mean, the sentiment is definitely still applicable because a lot of kids do feel nervous about, or worried about kindergarten, but I don't, because kindergarten is not playing with paints and blocks and clay right. all the time. I, 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 I would worry about those, those literal kids who would take it very seriously and be like, oh, I get to play with clay and blocks and, and paint all day? Sweet! And then they get to school and are like, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> so um, maybe a better book for the parents to read to get an idea of how to cop a more relaxed attitude about your kid going mm -hmm, into school. Mm -hmm. Be like Mama Bear. Just be like, yeah, you'll yeah, be fine. Just, I mean, and just like have a con, just talk to your kid about it. I mean, there's, I think that's probably the best thing to do. And just see how they're feeling about it and see if they are worried. What are you specifically worried about? Yeah. And then let's see if we can come up with a plan. And it so might be beneficial to meet this teacher before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. most schools have some kind of parent night yeah. or open house. Um, you probably can't go in by yourself and have lunch with the teacher. <laughs> um, although, I do know some pretty nice kindergarten teachers who if, you know, the, the building would let you in, would be fine right. with you coming in um, and just getting a look around. Um, I feel like kindergarten teachers are probably one of the most understanding, like empathetic teachers yeah. around because they just they get all these new kids every year. Some of them who've never been to school before, so they right. just kind of get it. Um, and and also, you you would probably have to deal more with school administrators, <laughs> mm -hmm. principals, right? Than there are in Bear Country. Yeah, I would advise if you go to an open house, go on the. I guess it depends on the school, but try to go not right in the middle. Because that's when everybody will go. Oh. Like if you do have a kid who's maybe a little more worried, because then if you go either on the earlier or the later end, you'll have a chance to maybe have the teacher alone. So then it's not such a scary, yeah. overwhelming thing. Because open houses can be pretty crazy. Especially if your teacher has a loud voice yes. and a jolly attitude. Well, and I feel like too. I'm I'm kind of for those of you who can't see me. I'm I'm very short. Um, I've been mistaken for a student. A few times in my <laughs> teaching career. But I think I have an advantage because I'm smaller. I'm kind of down on their level already, so I'm not as I'm not as intimidating as maybe a taller person. Right. All right. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. It was yeah. a pleasure to talk about the Berenstain Bears Go to School. Uh, we will be exploring more of the uh, first-time books as we go along. We'll be bopping back and forth between them and some of the uh, big 
beginning books for beginning beginners, whatever they're called. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, some of the some of the more oddities of bear country as we go along. I hope you continue listening yourself. Uh, and uh, rate and review us on iTunes. You can download our show on Stitcher or iTunes if you want to. Uh, we'd love to hear what people think of the show so you can connect with us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. We are always there. Uh, you can email us at Bearcast uh, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Uh, give us some suggestions, what you would like to hear discussed. Uh, what books are you you looking forward to us covering there's hundreds of books in the future so presuming i don't collapse before then we will get to all of them as long as you stick around for the next few decades uh, so join us next week for deep in bear country goodbye bye have a good school year all you kids out there